0: Welcome into episode 53 of We Went Blues, Barrett Jackman, the former Blues defenseman. And uh, before we bring in our special guest, Chris Thorburn, the former Blues player, Stanley Cup winner, I just want to bring up the fact that this will be our last podcast for a little bit. This would have been the time the Stanley Cup would have been wrapped up. We'd be heading into the offseason. So we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus, a little bit of a break, and and come to you uh, at some point during the return-to-play tournament the 2014 playoff uh, tournament, uh, but I do want to mention this will be the last podcast for uh, Barrett Jackman, and what a thrill it has been for me. I grew up uh, a Blues fan. I became a, a writer, never thought I'd cover the team. I uh, got to cover many, many, many of Barrett Jackman's games, had a ton of uh, respect for him as a player and uh, in, in his post-career, and I still can't believe that the day I text him and said, would you like to do a podcast with me? Uh, he responded, uh, "Yeah, tell me more about it so uh, Jax it was a, it was a fun year. I know you got uh, some things on the horizon for yourself, uh, but just wanted to say thank you, thank you very much for doing this
1: yeah no problem uh it, it's been fun a uh, different uh, uh type of outlet for me it's uh been fun talking hockey with you and uh you obviously caught me while i was drinking tequila uh up in uh up in idaho when you asked me to do this so um you know i had uh, had no idea that uh, i would actually say yes but uh, it's been a uh, been a great experience so you know thanks for bringing me on the ride and uh sat us over but uh, i'm sure it won't be the the last you hear for me
0: no, definitely won't, and I hope it's not, because uh, you have a lot of good things to say, a lot of great insight. We've heard that all in the last year. So let's get hockey back on the ice, and let's hear from Bear Jackman again uh, in the future. Uh, but thank you, thank you. And, and we wanted to send you off uh, with a bang. So number 44, Chris Pronger, last week. We cut that number in half. Uh, number 22 this week, Chris Thorburn. We're going to get into his announcement of his retirement. The story of David Prahn pushing him to the front of the line to hoist the Stanley Cup and whether he really named his son, his newborn son Oscar, after Oscar Sunquist. But, Jax, as we usually do, why don't you bring in Chris Thorburn?
1: Yeah, uh, welcome, uh, Chris Thorburn, one of uh, one of the toughest guys uh, uh, to put on a, a blue note and uh, definitely fun to watch. So, uh, Thorbs, uh, welcome to the uh, to the podcast.
2: Oh, thanks, Jax. Thanks for the intro.
1: <laughs> No problem. Uh, so you've been, uh, you've been hanging out. Uh, I think you're in Michigan right now. Uh, uh, kind of watching and, and, and listen of you know, the, you know, the back and forth with, uh, when hockey is going to start when it's not, uh, how much are you missing the, uh, the game watching it and, uh, and, and really being around the guys too?
2: Yeah, that's, that's the biggest part is, uh, the, the, being around the guys, the camaraderie part, as you know, Jack's, um, but for me, since I haven't been playing, I think I watch a lot more hockey than when I did play. Um, and I was I was into it. I was watching a game a night, and um, just the the skill and the, and the speed, uh, obviously different from uh, you know my era and and yours too, Jack. So it's uh, it's entertaining. Um, definitely miss it. And uh, yeah, this back and forth stuff, and I can understand both sides of it the the worries and uh, the nervousness of going back. But uh, selfishly, as a hockey fan now, uh, I hope it comes back.
0: Well, we hope to have hockey in the news in the coming weeks as uh, July 10th is that date to start uh, training camp. But in the meantime, guys, uh, they announced the Hall of Fame class yesterday. And in terms of uh, the male players, Jerome McGinley, Marion Hosa Kevin Lowe, and Doug Wilson, what do you guys think about that class? You played with a couple of those guys.
2: Jax, I'll, uh, I'll let you go, I guess. Uh, you probably played with Kevin Lowe, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just missed him it's a unreal. couple of games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah it's, it's definitely uh, uh, it's a good group uh Lowe and Wilson uh, you know definitely had uh impact uh, you know playing and, uh, and and front office and coaching but uh, again and Hosa uh, both you know, pretty, uh, impressive power forwards that, uh, you know, played the game the right way. Again, that was more of a, you know, a scrapper and, and, uh, you know, energy guy, but, uh, Marion Hossa, uh, the way that he can hit, uh, how solid he is and, and his hands and, and his scoring ability. And just seems like every year he was in the, uh, in the finals, whether it was, uh, uh you know detroit chicago or uh, or pittsburgh so uh, definitely uh, uh a class that uh, you know has a lot of skill and and uh, a lot of heart
2: yeah i agree with you jacks uh obviously don't know those guys uh you know personally except for a host i had the chance to play with them in atlanta and when you talk about a pro um every day that guy was uh yeah, a testament to how you should conduct yourself and how you need to work and, uh, you know, be successful in the league. And for a young player like me, having a chance to play with a guy like that, just learning from him, um, I can understand why. And like you said, every year, it seemed like he was in the finals. So um, that, that seemed like a no brainer and uh, definitely happy for him.
0: And, Thorbs, uh, I just looked this up. I went to uh, Jax's Hockey Fights uh, website uh, where you can find out all <laughs> the players' fights. And his last fight in the league, March 2016, versus Jerome Aginla. Uh, Jax, uh, first, what do you remember about that? And, uh, Thorbs, what a trooper to go against Aginla.
2: Aginla, like, he's, he scored goals. But, I mean, pound for pound, that guy might might have been the toughest guy, you know, that I played against.
0: And, uh, Jax, you
2: fought him. I, I, I didn't. So, Kudos to you, and I can't wait to hear the story, because I don't know if I saw the fight.
1: Yeah, I fought him a couple times. Uh, I don't really remember the uh, last time I fought him, (laughs) but uh, uh, I'm sure it was in uh, uh, in Nashville, uh, from what I remember. But, uh, yeah, I think I fought him three different times, and... uh, just a just a, a man amongst boys he, he's so strong and um but yeah he's uh, he's a beast and uh, uh anytime that there's a, you know kind of a change of uh, momentum needs to happen he always seemed like he was the guy to step up and do it but um yeah he's uh uh he's strong he's uh he can hit pretty hard and uh, maybe that's why i don't remember things is i just got hit a couple times <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. And he throws both <laughs> hands too, which makes him that much more dangerous, right? Yeah, and Doesn't he's it? he, he, he puts both every, hands.
1: yeah he puts everything behind his punches too. He's he's not trying to you know just make it look good. He's trying to you know punch for the back of your head and uh, and and hurt you. So uh, yeah, with both hands, <laughs> it, you, you gotta be uh, head on a swivel and you know ducking and diving and and uh, you know on defense. Right. So I'm scrolling down
0: your uh, page there, Jackson. It says, uh, what do we have? March 2016, Jerome McGinley. And you scroll down a little further, and it says November 2015. Drum roll, please. Chris Thorburn. Uh, Mark Stewart <laughs> looks like he sets up a hit on uh, Seth Jones. Lowry and Sissons drop the gloves. And then you guys are kind of the uh, the side match there.
2: Yeah. Well, so the backstory was like, we were down like a touchdown. I think it was like seven one or whatever it was in Nashville. And I, we were getting sick and tired of hearing uh, Tim McGraw after each goal. And
1: <laughs> I was just like,
2: I got to get out of this game. So uh, yeah, there's a neutral zone face off and uh, Stewie stepped up and hit Jones and he kind of helicoptered and kind of caught me up up high. So I was kind of laying on the ice and Then all of a sudden, Lowry went to the pile, and I got up, and there was a big scrum, so I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I think I asked Jax. I think I asked you about a couple times throughout the game, and I don't blame you for not fighting because it was like 7-1. You're just like, get out of here. So it was like, this is my perfect chance. If Jax is on here, there's already a fight going on. If I could just grab him and wrestle him, I'll get kicked out for the second fight, and this is my out. Like I can get out of here. So sure enough and thankfully enough, Jax is on the ice. I'm like, Jax, just get over here. Let's go. And he, thank goodness he did, because I hit the showers, and I was uh, ready to get back to the hotel. I think we were staying over that night, too, so we had some stuff planned, so I just had to get out of that game. (laughs) But I did. (laughs) And then, Jack, you can tell.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll tell the rest of the story here, yeah. I was 7-1, I do remember that, and, uh, yeah, Thords grabbed me, and... I think the first punch that I tried to throw, I kind of got spun around, and uh, yeah. I, I was tied up so well that he just kept kind of punching me in the back of the head, and he was yelling at me the whole time. He was, just go down, Jax, go down. I'm like, I'm not going down. I'm, I can't do this. It's my home crowd. So I think he punched me in the back of the head probably eight, nine, ten times, and uh, so we get kicked out of the game. Uh, it, it was just the two of us that got kicked out actually. So I'm sitting yeah. in the locker room all by myself and the, uh, the security guard comes, comes in from the, from the hallway and he's like, Hey, Jacks, this, this guy, he, he wants to come over and say hi to you. I'm like, who, like, who is it? He goes, this the guy you just fought. I'm like, oh yeah, whatever. So I walked out in the hallway and Thorbs was, uh, he's like, man, I'm so sorry. Why didn't you go down? I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. So I was I was kind of laughing. I'm like, yeah, no, but he's like, "I'm sorry I punched you so many times in the head. I'm like, "Well, I've never gotten an apology like that before, but uh it just it just shows the character and the uh you know the respect for the game the Thorbs that, that you have and uh you know, i tell that story anytime somebody brings up your name and uh yeah, it was uh you know, definitely uh you know, showed me uh, insight into your character and 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 the person you are and uh that was a uh, yeah, that was probably one fight that I'll uh, I'll never forget.
2: Uh, well, I appreciate that, but the uh, the respects likewise. Like you playing against you guys, especially with the Blues, man, you were such a like a figure that we always had to be aware of and like my respect for you was uh was huge. I don't know, it was, it started out as fear before respect, you know, because <laughs> you, you know, you were that tough rugged defenseman that could also put up points and like I said, you were always Look, at, you know, for a guy in my role, you look on the lineup sheet and you're like, OK, who's playing tonight. And, you know, there was there was obviously Revo and then, uh, you know, Chris Stewart when he was there and then obviously uh, Barrett Jackman. So um, you, you've you had my attention since my first year, man. And uh, playing against you was was always a war. It was always hard. And, uh, the, you know, the respect grew throughout the years. And to this day, man, like you got tons of respect from not only myself, but, you know, everyone I come across, even that Blues dressing room to this day guys talk so highly of you, so um, just know that uh, you're, you might not be there, but you're so respected, buds.
1: Well, I appreciate that. I like how you uh, you know you go down the list too. You're like, okay, I don't really want to fight Reeves, Stewie, You know he's pretty tough, but you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll take that Jackman guy. Yeah. You're do that. I used to do that too. I'm like, yeah, that guy's way too big. He punches too hard. Let's uh, let's go for number two or number three on the uh, the old lineup card. <laughs> you know uh, well, for me, great.
2: I always I used I used to like fighting the big guys because it was just like if I lost, you know, I was supposed to lose but if i beat them then it was just like wow i just beat them you know what i mean so it was always like the bigger guys but uh yeah in that case i was like well i knew like revo style i knew stewie style i just didn't know about yours you know you're just a wild card so i'm like i just don't like getting myself into those situations where i don't really know or feel comfortable Jack, yeah, did my you have my, style? my style
1: was yeah it was, it was f- fight or flight. Yeah, <laughs> you know you just you, you you grab and claw and you, you know you bite and you you do whatever you got to just to uh, not look bad. <laughs> just a savage.
0: <laughs> Hey, Thorbs, uh, you know, you made your mark uh, dropping the gloves and playing the game, 801 games in the National Hockey League. First of all, congratulations. We'll get into that later on in the podcast talking about your uh, retirement. But talking about fighting, you know, it's changed, and you watched it change, like right there towards the end of your career. Uh, is that a good thing? You think it's a good thing, the direction the game's gone?
2: Well, I'll keep it pretty consistent with the the players say, and it needs to stay. I mean, there there is a place for it. You know, obviously it's went down. Um, and you do see a lot more, uh, you know, chippy stuff or guys that are, you know, wouldn't normally fight. Uh, they just seem like they have a little bit more courage just because there's not so much fighting in the game. So for me, I'm an old school guy. Uh, I, I enjoy seeing it. I think it holds guys accountable and uh, I think there'll always be a place. I mean, it started with uh, when hockey first started, there was uh, fighting involved and I don't think there's any reason to take it out.
0: There you go, there you go. Well, the Blues uh, traded uh, Ryan Reeves to Pittsburgh, and they needed uh, an enforcer. Uh, they, they felt like they needed a guy to bring in, and you were the guy. I think Mike Yo had a history uh, with you. So, Jacks, uh, get this. I've told uh, Thorbs this story before. Somebody had told me the Blues really had some interest in bringing him in, and somehow I stumbled on his uh, cell phone number. Probably got it from another writer, right, Thorbs? <laughs> and uh, yeah, right. And so I text him. <laughs> And I say, hey, uh, I know the Blues got interest in you. You know what's going on? Do you think you'd sign with them? And and guess what, Jaxie ghosted me. Wow! Well,
1: when you're sending pictures uh, of yourself uh, in the bathtub when you're sitting, when you're talking to them, I, I think everybody would kind of ghost you when you're when you're creeping yeah. on guys like that.
0: No, it's it's, <laughs> it's just like the three girls I asked to the prom. Nothing back. Nothing. Nothing back. But then, uh, but. But then the Blues announced that Chris Thorburn has signed with them, and, and I meet him for the first time in the locker room. And, of course, Thorbs, dude, dude, I totally would have called you back. But, man, I just wanted to be – I had to be quiet. I had to be quiet. I hope you understand. Thorbs, what do you remember yeah. about uh, signing with the Blues there?
2: Well, I do remember that. Um, and, yeah, stuff was going on during the time that you reached out. So I just, like, I can't say anything if I say the wrong thing because I'm the guy that kind of throws out everything and then I don't even know if I'm supposed to or not. So I just, like <laughs> – but I don't call him there's no like worry or you know, there's no conscious thing in my head. Um, but yeah, I just remember because the, the, the five day grace period, that first day that it opened, uh, Yozy had called me and reached out. And like you said, we had a history in Pittsburgh. He was my assistant coach there. So, uh, he reached out and, uh, we had a great conversation. And then I think midweek we uh, sat down and had a conference call with, uh, uh army and, uh, and chief and Yosi, And then, uh, it was just a great conversation. It felt like a, a good fit just from the personalities and the way we were talking to each other. And, um, and at the same time, we were reaching out to Winnipeg. And at that point too, I was drafted by Vegas, um, who had absolutely no interest. Um, so it's it pretty much going back and forth between Winnipeg and, and St. Louis. And, um, I, like I said, uh, I think it was time for me to move on from Winnipeg and then obviously getting the two years, uh, Winnipeg, I think at the time was only offering me one year. So, um, you know, at my age and, you know, the security is always important. So it, it, just all the way around, it felt good. And once I got there, there was no regrets, man. Like that locker room embraced me, took me in as if I'd been there for 10 years. So um, it was definitely a great unit to be a part of and a great organization.
1: Thorb's, uh, you know, speaking from experience, a guy that, uh, you know, I, I played a long time in one spot and then, uh, you know, moved on to Nashville. Uh, you know, my experience was, you almost feel like a, uh, like a rookie again coming in the dressing room and, you know, not really knowing anybody uh, trying to figure out the lay of the land in the, in the city and, and uh, the locker room and stuff like that. Was that uh, kind of your experience coming, uh, you know, to St. Louis after 10 years in, in Winnipeg and and, uh, Atlanta?
2: Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you, Jax, because you know how comfortable you get, you know, and, and you almost seem like the guy that everyone comes to when you're in an organization that long for, you know, like restaurants or places to live or, you know, stuff like that. So I, I was that guy, I, I, probably not to your extent, because we were in Atlanta for four and then Winnipeg for six. So it was a little bit break up there. Um, but at the same time, the with the guys being around, I, I knew everything about every player, prospect or, you know, staff. Um, and then obviously uh, coming over to St. Louis, everything's brand new. Um, but I think i I think I needed that in my career because I was just like how am I gonna react like when I get out to the real world when I've been in some some place for so long that it just almost seems stagnant and just you know every day feels not the same but I, I i know how to handle this i need I need a challenge and that's kind of what St louis brought not that it was a challenge but it was just a different uh it allowed me to open up and see what else I was about and kind of my personality. And um, like I said, going into that locker room, I did—I really didn't have to change much. They just accepted me, uh, just like uh, you know the, the the Winnipeg and Atlanta people did. And I just kind of was myself, and that seemed like it worked. And when I came in, also uh, Sunquist and Shen came in at the same time, so we were three new guys. So we kind of created a bond off the start, uh, just because we didn't know anybody or we didn't have really good relationships with uh, many guys. So um, I think that's why we uh, stay close uh, to this day and uh, we develop a bond that, uh, you know, might last forever.
0: Thorbs, who could have ever guessed how that signature on that contract, what it would have turned into a Stanley Cup. But obviously it was a bit of a roller coaster, 50 games that first year. Uh, the second year, just one game. And, Jacks, I remember uh, writing a story about uh, Thorbs, and he, he joked, uh, I had 152 <laughs> ice time. It was the lowest ice time in the league that year. At least I had a record. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, did, I got something. I'm waiting for my trophy. But, uh, yeah, I played <laughs> that one game in Chicago, and I played, yeah, a minute 52. I, I think I might have a lower ice time uh, game than that with Pittsburgh, but that, I mean, that one's pretty, pretty bad.
0: Well, and I remember you said that uh, you had a chance to fight Brandon Manning and you were kind of kicking yourself. You felt like maybe if you had done something uh, that, that maybe you stuck yeah. around, but that's probably just a situation of, gosh, you know, just overthinking, you know, what could have been.
2: Well, there, there was two instances that I kind of regretted uh, that year was in preseason when Sunquist got hit by Tom Wilson and I went after Wilson, but I, 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 for some reason, I didn't drop my gloves and just jump him, I sh- which I should have done. Um, it was the last preseason game of the season, and uh, yeah, I mean, we all know the hit. Um, and I, I, thought it was Ovechkin at first, and then I, I saw Tom Wilson out there. I'm like, no way, well, it was definitely that guy. So I went after him. The refs, I gave the, ref, the refs had time to jump in between us. Had I dropped my gloves and just grabbed them, it would have been different, you know, um, that one. And then Brandon Manning too. Yeah, I hit him in the corner. And then after that uh, Wilson one, I got sent down that night. So I'm like, I'm just, you know, hindsight. And you're just thinking of what you could have done different. And So that played, uh, played in my mind for a bit. And then also that uh, that Manning one, I hit him in the corner. Apparently my elbows were too high. And he's, you know, chirping me like, keep your keep your elbows down, Dorbs. And right then I should have just went after him, considering the situation I was in, which I don't even know why it didn't. But yeah, I just didn't do it
1: yeah i i wouldn't you know kick yourself too hard for uh for either of those uh, instances uh uh you know you, you had a, a great career and, and uh you know showed yourself and showed your teammates that uh, you know what you're all about but uh, uh yeah. you know w- when you went down to uh to San Antonio and you know you you kind of had that a uh, pretty good bond with uh with Chris Butler and and, uh, you know, made the most of it. There's a lot of guys that maybe wouldn't have, uh, uh, you know, gone to San Antonio, at, at, you know, after playing you know 800 games. and um, But, you know, you're great. Uh, you know, the reports uh, just saying all the younger guys loved you. Uh, you know, Butsy was, was a big part of uh, uh, the leadership group that you went into and, and, you know, really helped shape a lot of those guys. And what was your, your experience like and, and what was your mindset going down to uh, San Antonio?
2: Yeah. At, at first it, it, it wasn't good. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I was contemplating like, do I do this? Do I, do I retire? Do I, you know, have a conversation with army, but, um, but I've said before, if it wasn't for army and, and the way he allowed me to handle that situation, I don't know if I would have ever made it out of it. Um, and also with army, like uh, the GM and, uh, in san antonio kevin mcdonald and obviously the coaching staff drew banister because i was in and out you know if anything like i thought of myself as a distraction but it was the, the flexibility that the blues organization gave me to make the you know tough situation uh, manageable was incredible and i'm so appreciative of that um but going once i got down there i tell you what man like I, there wasn't a day that i didn't smile it was just like being around these kids just brought me back a bit and they used me as a you know, they asked me for advice or tips or just anything that could kind of help them in their game. And I kind of took a liking to that I took some pride in that and uh, helping them if I could just give them a little bit of stuff to co- focus on or even stuff they're doing off the ice, uh, you know, to help them just like I was helped when I was a younger guy playing in the minors uh, in Rochester. So uh, from that standpoint, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And then like you said, going into a leadership group with uh, Chris Butler and Jordan Nolan and Trevor Smith, uh, just a great group of older guys. And uh, you know, we weren't too successful, but, you know, we worked hard every game and uh, we try. I mean, we tried and uh, but uh, there, there was a, a good team unity there. Um, and then I don't know if you guys know the story about what Butts did for me in Chicago. Um, if I could just tell that story real quick, because it's yeah, one of the sure. best stories. Yeah. So we were playing in Chicago near the end of this. Well, probably a month left in the season. And the family was still in St. Louis. And it was probably the last game that my family would see me play live. So Sarah was going to take the kids up. My Her parents were going to meet uh, meet them in Chicago as well as my parents. So uh, we had all the parents there. Sarah drove up with the kids and uh, to watch that game. And I got there because I always get there real early. And I got there, and uh, my jersey was hanging in my stall with a C on it. And I go to the trainers. I'm like, get out of here. Like, stop messing around. Get that thing off my jersey. Get <laughs> on. You know? They're like, listen, Thorbs, uh, Butts wants you to wear it tonight. And, like – I, I I'm getting goosebumps right now, and I, I I'm like all right, guys. Just give me a minute because I got that little teary-eyed. And Butts wasn't there yet, so he uh he ends up coming about a half an hour later. I'm like you, I'm like Butts, are you serious? He's like Thorpe. He's like your whole your whole family's here. He's like your kids are here. This might be the last time we see you play. He's like you deserve to wear this tonight. I'm like my God, dude. That like what a what a guys guy that is. and you know we got pictures with it. My dad was like just so happy and proud and what he did for me and my family that night man it'll it'll never be forgotten
0: thorbs when i talked to uh, chris butler when i wrote the story about you and he was telling me that story he actually stopped for about 15 seconds and just turned and teared up and then you know kind of turned back to me and started up the interview again so he was really emotional about it too
2: Yeah, it was a powerful moment, man, like in my career because, you know, it was the end and probably the end for him as far as what we had talked about throughout that year. So it was just, uh, you know, one of those things that um, you'll remember for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. And uh, one thing that we did want to bring up, Sarah, your lovely wife, you got a great family with uh, Bennett and Mary. Now you've added Oscar. Uh, We'll get to him in, in just a minute. But Sarah had told you before you went to San Antonio, she said, Chris, wouldn't it be crazy? If the Blues called you up for a Stanley Cup run, so you go through the year in San Antonio, tough year for you, and what do you know? Doug Armstrong calls you and you're up for a Stanley Cup run. Just what a what a terrific way to to finish things. Yeah, yeah
2: she uh she's nuts, man. Like she when I started dating her, she knew nothing about hockey. She thought I played beer league until she came to like a game in the OHL and there was like five thousand people there, and she's like, What do you do? I'm like, Well I play hockey. So you know fast forward throughout my career now I call her Bob McKenzie because now she thinks she knows everything about <laughs> hockey or like you know you should have done this on this play you should have done that you know I'm just like holy moly but yeah she did call she's like Chris like just go tough this out I know it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard on us but at the same time like what if she's like you've said throughout the whole summer like the moves they made like there's no reason why they can't win the cup she's like so just go down there and then we'll see where the cards fall. And Sure enough, man. You know the story. Get called up and uh, go on uh, go on a crazy journey that ended with the Stanley Cup. Man, it was nuts,
1: nuts. Yeah, with uh, you know with your kids. Uh, uh, I know your son uh, has autism, and uh, but you know hoisting that cup and having uh, him able to watch you and uh, w- what was that like for you? And, and just kind of show him that uh, you know you can do anything if uh, uh, if you kind of you know you dream it and and you know you, you do your best.
2: Yeah, it was it was such a, it was a another powerful thing because when I lifted that cup, it wasn't like I was just lifting it for me. It wasn't just because all my throat and you know this, Jack's playing, how much support you get throughout the years from house league to, you know, pros and all the way through so I lifted that cup for so many people and uh, most importantly uh, Bennett, he uh, he's been through some tough times. He's given me a lot of motivation, a lot of inspiration and uh, you know, to lift that for him and for my, for my wife and everyone that took part in my career um there's no more satisfying thing that i could have done for for those people and um like i said everyone took part in that and uh, got me to that point but at the same time like you said you dream big uh at the point of i was in my career i only had four playoff games so i'm like you know this is never gonna happen and sure enough man i got lucky super lucky and uh just to even get that call up and uh, and go along for that ride. So uh, yeah, anything's possible, man. Even when you think it's uh, it's dark and there's no uh, there's no light. Um, yeah, you stay positive and keep your mind right, and uh, good things uh, good things may happen.
1: Yeah, the best part about uh, you know the Stanley Cup and and you know seeing all the guys uh, hoist is just kind of those special moments that uh, you know you, you see in those you know. Background stories that, uh, you know, a guy like uh, T.J. Oshi with his dad with uh, uh, with Alzheimer's and and you know stories like yours and and you know just people you, you hear these stories that really you know make the game bigger than what it is and uh, very uh, very proud of uh, uh, you know what you accomplished and and to see you uh, you know lift it and and uh, but that was uh, another pretty cool thing that I'll I'll never forget seeing your face.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jax. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, nothing. And and everyone's got their issues, right? Like you know, and and we just deal with ours. And um, but just to have that kind of cap it off, and the coolest part was when we got the cup for the for the day at the house, and the way Bennett was just so proud of it, and like, you know, sometimes he's just he can care less about what's going on around him. But for some reason, when this cup was at the house, he did not want to leave it side. He kept touching it, lifting it, wanted to lift it by himself. Put his like favorite snack in there, so. It was so, so worth it. And so, uh, it was just so, as a dad, it was just so awesome to see.
0: And speaking of backstories, Jacks, I talked to, to Thorbs about a week ago, and we were doing a story about the untold stories of that day with the cup. And one I had not heard was that David Perron approached him earlier in the day. We'll let Chris uh, tell the story, but I tweeted it, and it got about 2,000 retweets and likes, uh, Thorbs. Everybody likes yeah, well, that story. I mean,
2: Let's it is a great story, and it tells you, uh, a lot about not only DP, but also that locker room. And, um, yeah, so I, I was, ta- I was telling you, uh, after pregame meal, I was in the lobby, you know, guys go up for naps or do whatever they do in between pregame meal and game time. And I was just sitting in the lobby, just looking at my phone and, uh, DP sneaked around the corner. He's like, Dorms, get ready. Uh, he's like, get ready. You're going to put your equipment on tonight. I'm like, uh, all right. What do you like? It kind of caught me off guard. He's like, no, you're going to do it. you we're going to, we're going to do this. I'm like, dude, yeah, right on, man. Like, good luck. Just, just go out there and play it. You know, he's like, all right. So he goes, you know, he goes back to the game or the hotel. They go to the game. Obviously we win. So I had kind of forgot about what he had told me. i um, just lost in the moment and everything. And then all of a sudden like the uh, Petro brings the cup to bow. And then all of a sudden like I'm getting uh, pushed and I'm like, what is going on? I look behind me. It's DPs like pushing me to the cup. And I'm like two footed bladed stop, like a snowplow. And I'm like, T.P., go do your thing, man. I'll get it. I'll get it. He's like, no, you're getting it for me. Get up there. I'm like, no. And then I'm thinking in my head, if T V picks this up, he's pushing me. I'm snow plowing like, towards the cup. I mean, that, <laughs> that looks embarrassing. So
0: I'm like, all right.
2: And then sure enough, Stank gets it, and then he passes it to me. And I told you, like, to get it from a guy like uh, Alexander Steen was uh, was an honor in itself because, Jacks, you know what the guys think of him and what kind of person he is and to get it from him and, and do my thing, man, it was so cool. And then for me to give it back to DP, it was just like full circle. But uh, yeah, DP, what he did, and I texted him because uh, they played that game uh, with the commentary and stuff. So he yeah. kind of gave a little bit of story in that. And I texted him, dude, I was just like, dude, thank you so much. Like, again, thank you for what you did. You know, we'll never forget that.
1: Yeah, it would been great if the cameras caught you, uh, you know, turn around and just knocking, uh, you know, Piranha right before you get the, uh, get the cup, but. Get out of here. <laughs> that
2: would hilarious. Yeah. And like I said, not only DP, but that locker room, man, that locker room is something special. Um, and, they, you know, they lost Patty Maroon this year, but um, that locker room last year was something special. and. I don't know if a team will ever do what they did, and I don't know how they did it. Everyone always asks me, like, the tough times, the tough times. But for me, I I wasn't there through the tough times. So what they did, I don't even know. I was just there for the good times, man, and those good times were, were a hell of a time, I'll tell you what
1: yeah i was uh it was around kind of you know in the weeds uh you know watching that happen it was uh it was pretty special but you know this week you you announced your uh, your retirement you you made it official and i uh, you know we we've talked uh, you knew it was there and you you're you know at peace with it but you know how difficult was it to finally uh you know put uh put something official and and, and really kind of you know talk about uh you know life after hockey
2: yeah, it was, uh, it, it was tough. I mean, we made a, our decision a while ago, but you know, until you officially do it, it doesn't feel real, you know? So, um, and I was kind of holding on, you know, just, uh, I was still training. Um, I mean, not as intense as I would, you know, through summer months, but I was still keeping in shape and stuff like that up until a trade deadline. Cause like, what if, like, I'm a big, what if guy. So if I got a call, I want, you know, I don't want to be out of shape and lose an opportunity. So <laughs> just mentally, I just stayed in shape. And then, uh, we wanted to do it, a, a, you know, a couple dates uh, earlier than what we did, but there was just so much stuff going on uh, in society. And for me to put something out there, I didn't want to be thought of as like, you know, how ignorant this guy is. So much stuff's going on in the world. And this guy's announcing his retirement. Like, who cares? Get out of here. But uh, yeah, so we picked a date kind of cheesy with the 22. But that was a, a hockey number I, uh, I wore for the majority of my career. So I, it all worked out. Um, and then as far as life after hockey, uh, I want to stay in the game. I mean, uh it's all, it's pretty much all I know and what I love. So if there was an opportunity that came along that worked, um, that's definitely something that I would definitely try and pursue.
0: And especially uh, life after hockey, you have a new addition, Oscar, and a uh, funny story there. You have a uh, blue blues, Oscar Sunquist saying that uh, you named him after him. huh?
2: <laughs> yeah. Sonny. Uh, and like I said uh, earlier in the show, uh, you know, me and Sonny came at the same time. Uh, so we, we, we created a bond real, real fast and, we, weren't, we didn't play every game, so we were a lot of times we were healthy scratches together. So we did a lot of uh, extracurricular activity, uh, you know, away from the rink. And like I said, created a, a really great friendship. Um, but yeah, so what happened was we put like three names up on a board with the kids, like Mary and Bennett. And we're like, which one do you like? And Bennett, you know, he picked Oscar right away. So it's just like, no way. So the next day we do it again and we're like, well, maybe he'll change his mind. So we put it up again, and he's like, Oscar. We're like, holy crap. Okay, so we're going to have to name our kid Oscar. Because once it's in Bennett's head, we don't want to mess with it. You know, like the baby in Mummy's Belly's name's Oscar. And we just ran with it. I'm like, holy. I'm like, when this gets released, I'm like, I know I'm going to get one phone call. And I know it's going to entail. You know? So sure enough, Sonny call. He's like, oh, he's like, I love the name and all this stuff. and. I, I just sent him back the uh, – the, he's like, it's nice to know that you, you named him after me. And then I'm like – I text him back. I'm like, yeah, man. He's like, you guys got a lot of similarities. Your bodies are the same type. You look like a bag of milk. And then he's <laughs> bag just, of uh, milk. <laughs> 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 so that I told you that, and I told you he ghosted me for like – because you sent me that text about what you tweeted or uh-huh. whatever. And then I, I took a snap picture. I sent it to Sonny, and he like – ghost me for like two days so i'm like oh my gosh is he is he mad at me or what (laughs) You know, and then finally uh, I got him on FaceTime, and he's just like, we were cracking up. He loved it.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. That's great. What what a great family. I had the chance to to meet your family at the uh, parade, and uh, you're right. Your wife, uh, Sarah, is a trooper, and Bennett, Mary, and now Oscar. Just so happy for you in retirement. You know, I'm sure Jax will tell you the same here in a second. Just uh, we are so happy that you were able to cap that career with the Stanley Cup and that it was here in St. Louis. So
2: I thank you, and Jr I thank you too, man. Like you, uh, the stuff that, uh, that you covered with our us and our family, um, it was so appreciated, and uh, we're, we're so thankful that uh, you know the articles and and even the the awareness you put out. Um, we truly, we
0: truly appreciate that. Not a problem. My pleasure.
1: Yeah, Thorbs, uh You know, I just want to say, uh, you know, congratulations on the on a great career. Uh, you're, uh, you know, definitely a guy that. Uh, you know, I really respected uh, watching you play, the way you played the game, the way that you're, you know, you traded your your teammates. And uh, but uh, you know, welcome to the uh, to the Blues alumni, and uh, look forward to uh, you know a few a uh, few beers in the uh, alumni room, and 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 make sure you're you're not a stranger, and you you come around.
2: Uh, I appreciate that, Jack. That means a lot coming from you, buds. And like I said, the respect is mutual, and. Uh, I'm definitely proud to be a part of the blues alumni because I was there for the alumni game and I see how you guys conduct yourselves and um, you know, what you guys do for the community, even still. And, um, I'm just I'm just proud to be a part of that group now.
0: Thorbs, can you let me in that room every time I try to go back there for a beer? Jacks <laughs> yeah, locks it, so maybe you can <laughs> you can let me in. I'll, I'll burn a I'll burn a key for you. <laughs>
1: Electronic key, Jr. We'll we'll know where you go and what you do, so you, you watch out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Thorbs, you uh, you enjoy the rest of your uh, day. You enjoy your uh, post career, and uh, we'll I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road
2: yeah I can't wait guys. thank you so much for having me on Jax, good luck with uh, what's next for you too buds I'm sure it's uh, gonna be awesome and
0: um I gotta tell
2: you too i've got since your house, I've gotten into tequila man just to <laughs> let you know that and I'm trying different i'm I'm into the mescal right now
1: oh there you go yeah cody yeah, yeah. you got, you you gotta you gotta drink it man listen to the songs with uh, George Strait and uh, talking about Cody. Yes. Tell you the what that
2: stuff was, yeah, the, I have to tell you, I don't want to tell you the rest of the story about that night what happened, but it was, uh, it was really good tequila. Enough, good enough to get me uh, addicted, which I didn't need another addiction, but uh picked one up to uh, tequila.
1: <laughs> you know, just trying to change change everybody just one person at a time, all right? <laughs> well, you're doing
2: a great job, Jack.
1: Oh, man.
2: Well, thanks, uh, Thorbs. Uh, thank you guys so much. Yeah,
1: appreciate it, bud. All right, talk soon,
0: Jax. What a treat! I know we've said that a number of times uh, this year, but he said it himself. He's old school when he was talking about the fighting. Uh, when I think Chris Thorburn, I think old school, and uh, those guys are going by the wayside, uh, but we can't forget him.
1: No, he's uh, he's definitely a guy that respected the game. He played it played it clean, uh, played it hard. Uh, he's he's just. Uh, You know, one of those guys that you could tell that his his teammates loved him and and really enjoyed uh, uh, and felt bigger when they were on the ice. So, uh, you know, congratulations on him on an awesome career and uh – uh, he went out the way that uh, I wish I could have, uh, you know, hoisted that cup. And uh, but yeah, definitely uh, a lot of respect and uh, you know, congratulations to uh, a great family man. And uh, look forward to to him being around the uh, the Blues alumni. You're, you're definitely uh, haven't seen the last of uh, Chris Thorburn in, in St. Louis.
0: And you know, he's taking a jab at Oscar Sundquist, calling him. You know, he said he looked like a bag of milk. Is looking like a bag of milk? Is that bad? Is that something bad? <laughs>
1: Well, you know what? Before uh, retirement and this COVID thing, I thought uh, a, a bag of milk was, was a bad thing, but now I look in the mirror and I am a bag of milk, so we'll uh, we'll <laughs> say it's a positive thing for you, JR. I hear
0: you. I hear you. Well, you had Chris Thorburn on episode 53 of We Went Blues. You can also catch Rick Tockett on Two Man Advantage with Pierre LeBrun. And Scott Burnside, as we said at the very top of uh, the show here today, this is uh, Jack's last with us. Jack's uh, not going to get mushy here. You're uh, a tough guy, and you don't want to get mushy. Uh, but I just want to thank you for your time, your friendship, everything that you brought to the table uh, this year. I look forward to it uh, each and every week talking about the blues with you.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. Uh, definitely didn't see myself in a uh, in a media role uh, a year ago, but. You know, sometimes in in retirement, you get to, you know, pick up some things that uh, are out of your comfort zone. and uh, It's been fun. It's, uh, you know, being able to to ask questions of of old teammates and, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, that I watch play or, or, um, you know, became close with uh, to do it in a a setting like this is, uh, you know, kind of uh, different and and fun. And, uh, you know, we'll uh, I'm sure i will be around on uh, some of your future podcasts. But, uh, you know, thanks for, uh, for the invite and thinking of me to, to be part of this. And I uh, look forward to uh, listening to you in the uh, in the future.
0: That would be great. I'd love to have you. And I'm going to go to the comments section and uh, and send you a thank you as well. Maybe some other listeners will do that. We hope you will. You can check out our comments section for each podcast episode at the Athletic app. Also, don't forget to rate and subscribe. We Went Blues on Apple. If you click on the show URL, theathletic.com forward slash We Went Blues, you'll get 40% off your subscription. Usually this is where I end the episode and tell you we'll talk to you next week. We won't do that. We're going to take a little bit of a hiatus, and we'll let Barrett Jackman – uh, bid farewell here.
1: Yeah, uh, I just want to thank all the listeners. Uh, you know, I want to thank our producer too, Jeff. Uh, you know, putting up with uh, with our bullshit, uh, mostly yours, JR. But uh, yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been fun, and uh, you know, I just appreciate the listeners who've uh, commented. Uh, you know, good things, bad things, but uh, um, yeah, I hate goodbyes, but uh, this is uh, a goodbye for me. So thanks, everybody.